Welcome to Life Center Cornwall service. It's so great to be with you, even if it is in this way online. Uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Hopefully, as you're celebrating uh, in your home this year or privately, however you celebrated, that bringing in this new year, um, even though it was different, even though, uh, again, in a year of everything being um, some weird firsts for us, hopefully this year, starting it off with God, starting it off with a new focus and uh, hope for 2021, uh, that's how you started the year. I know that's how we've started our year. And again, uh, we're so thrilled that we can join you uh, and Really, it's like we're doing a home visit. You're sitting in your living room or your kitchen or wherever you are, and it's like you invited us in, and we're just sitting there. So uh, you can drink your coffee, and we'll do all the talking for you right now. How's that? Um, so it, again, if you have anybody, you know anybody who's a part of our community that maybe isn't all familiar with uh, how to get into our groups and get into Zoom, feel free to spread the word to get them online as well, because we love as many of our Cornwall people, our Cornwall family, to be a part of what we're doing here and uh, be able to track with us as we continue to try and press in and lean into what God has for us as a community. And for the next 21 days, we are going to be looking at uh, a theme that is found in John 17. And our heart is to answer the prayer that Jesus prays there. And let's just read through what that prayer is that we're going to be looking at over the next little while. Jesus says this in John 17, all mine are yours and yours are mine. And he's talking to his father here. And I am, I am glorified in them. I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one. I hear you probably heard Angela talking about our our prayer theme and our, our fasting theme over the next one, that we may be one, even as we are one, as Jesus and his Father are one. And our prayer then is this, Lord, in the power of the Holy Spirit, make us one. Think about that. We are the body of Christ. Jesus, at this point, at this point in his prayer, he is about to ascend to be with his Father in heaven. And as he's preparing for that moment, he's thinking through what is going to happen in the next little while. How the early believers, the disciples in the early church, and he's even thinking about us here, now, in our setting, knowing that we'd be split apart because of a pandemic, and wondering and asking his Father that we would be one just like he is one with his Father, that we would be unified just like he is with God and with each other. And since we are the body of Christ, that means we are acting as Jesus, the head of his church, asks us to do. Just like our bodies react to what our brain tells us to do, that's the same way that we are acting as the body of Christ. As he leads, we move. A move of the Holy Spirit must produce movement in us. Think about that. A move of the Spirit, it must produce movement in us as the body of Christ. Because if we are, again, the body of Christ, if we are the living example of Jesus on earth for people to follow, if we are supposed to embody what Christ has for us to do, then a move of the Spirit 
should move us as a people. And I pray that that is our heart, that we would find a rhythm of different spiritual disciplines and gifts that help us work together. Each one of us knowing our roles with both gifts and talents and disciplines in order for us to move forward as the body of Christ here in Cornwall. That what we've experienced to date in the spirit is just the beginning. What we've tapped into, what we realize, what we, uh, what we get to worship and celebrate in our community, it is just the beginning of what God wants to do in your life, through your life, for Cornwall. God is not content with what he has in place in Cornwall. We invite his kingdom to come, and it is his desire that all would know him, that all would call on his name for salvation, for life in him, to be unified with him. And that should be our heart's cry as well. That should be what is infused in us through Christ being the head of our body here. Now, that, that rhythm of working together and moving together, it can be hard sometimes for us to figure out what that looks like as the body of Christ. Because some of us are full guns. We want to go ahead and just make it happen. And others of us are like, let's go into the back room and start the prayer meeting. And other of us are like, I'm just going to figure out what's going on in the room around me and figure out where I need to be. And maybe I dip my toe in here and then pull back and dip my toe in there and pull back. We all are trying to figure out our rhythm in this. And we have to figure that out. We have to learn how to do this together because not one of us can do this on our own. And you think of it, like for those of you that can remember uh, a manual transmission in your car, maybe some of you still have one, uh, whatever. Most of the cars are all automatic now. But if you remember a manual transmission and having to shift gears, and if you left it in one gear too long or you didn't shift gears, the result of what would happen driving a car if you didn't shift gears? Or maybe if that illustration doesn't work for you, you're not driving yet or you never drove a standard car, think about the ocean's tide that comes in and goes out and the effect that it has. Or think about running, the way we run and how we use our legs and our bodies to move in order to run. Now think, if you didn't shift gears, you're going to destroy the engine in that car. It's not going to last very long if you stay in first gear and try to jump on the 417 and make your way up to Ottawa. It's not going to work. Or think about the ocean's tide coming in and going out. But if it only kept coming in, that beautiful moment of like the, the waves lapping in, if they just keep coming in, that's no longer this beautiful, tranquil moment by the ocean. That's called a tsunami. And that's devastating. We need the rhythm of going in and out and, and working these things. Or running. If you only activated one leg when you were running and you tried to do it all with just one leg and your other leg was not moving at all or not coming forward to take that next step and you were basically hopping on one foot, you're going to spend a lot of energy and not go very far. You're going to end up tripping and falling because you're not stable and secure in how you're moving. We as a church... We need to find that rhythm, that balance. We need to find the sequence of changing gears and having the tides come in and out. A lot of those are based in spiritual disciplines. Us learning the rhythms of how we can move and breathe in this life the way God wants us to without burning out. 
without feeling that we're, we need to tap out or that we've got nothing left because we've been doing it in our own strength and we've been striving so hard by ourselves, but never really getting to where God wants us to be. Spiritual disciplines, they're not a magic formula that help us get there, but they are definitely a path to unlock our relationship with God, our connection with Christ as the head of his church that allows us to really move the way he wants us to move. And in 2021, there are a few spiritual disciplines that we really want to prioritize as a church family here, representing the body of Christ. And the first one that we want to look at is fasting. Now, you may wonder, like, 2020 was a year of tremendous loss. So much was taken away from us that why would we focus on fasting? Why would we do that? Well, fasting does a couple things, but the first thing it does is it helps us fix our firsts. It helps us fix our firsts. And you think, what does that mean? Well, think about it. What is the first thing you do when you get up? What is the first thing you do when trouble comes? What is the first thing you do when your paycheck comes in? What is the first thing you do with your free time or downtime? All those firsts and so many more firsts that we have, our first priority. Fasting helps us fix our firsts by reorienting, reorienting how we see these things through a kingdom lens. In Matthew 6, Jesus says this, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Think about it. The first thing you do when you get up. If you're reoriented to a kingdom view, the first thing you do through the lens of God's kingdom, what do you do? The first thing when trouble comes, what do you do? Who do you turn to when you have a kingdom lens that you're looking at things through? Seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Now, being Jewish, Jesus lived in different cultural rhythms than we do now in 2021. They had feasts and fasts that were a regular part of the rhythm of their year. They had long feasts where they would all gather together for a week at a time to celebrate who God is and what he had done for them as a community. Now, because we don't live in a theocentric culture the way that uh, Jesus did, uh, we, we look at things a little bit differently in our our rhythms don't quite work the same way. We don't have a time to work and a, and a day of Sabbath the way Jesus did. Within Christianity, our observances and our traditions are varied now. But many of us still have a few of them down pat or that we at least understand. Like say, for instance, 10%. For those of you who have grown up in church or are familiar with church, 10% is often a number that's used when we talk about the principle of tithing, of giving to God, giving God the first fruits of what we've earned through our labor, no matter what we do for a living. We understand it as God owns everything. And as stewards, we return 10% back as an act of worship, saying we acknowledge that it's not ours, that it's yours, and you get the first cut out of everything we earn. And then the rest of the 90%, we steward on God's behalf to the best of our ability. Now, there's another observance, though, that's, that's much older than the tithe. 
that many of us struggle with. And the percentage is this, 14%. Now, if I pause here and you were to try to think, what 14%? I don't remember hearing anything in the Bible about 14%. Like the tithe, God has asked for 14% of our time. One day a week where we rest while we trust God is still working. Where we don't strive the same way that we do the other six days, but we rest in who he is and what he has done. Now, what do both of these principles uh, have in common? They are both things that you do. We give God that 10%, right? We do them by doing something. There's an action that's really required. You have a paycheck that comes in and you take 10% or, or whatever you give and you give it to God, whether that's digitally online or, or a check or cash, whatever you do, you actually have to make a transaction. You have to do that act. And the same thing with giving God that 14% of your time, that day of rest. You need to actively give it over to him and say, I'm not going to spend it on anything else other than resting in you, God, and being rejuvenated in who I am so I can live the, the other six days of my week working and doing everything I need to do. Many of us find it so hard, though, to break the cycles that we are currently living in. And change is needed. And so sometimes you do by doing and other times, you do by not doing, which doesn't sound like it makes sense. But, Pastor Ingrid, can you help us understand that? Sure. Yes, the, the principle of doing by not doing is exactly what fasting is all about. So fasting is not doing something, or is doing something by not doing something. So in other words, it is a spiritual discipline where we stop doing something such as eating something specific or refraining from going on YouTube or something else in our life that we take out for a while in order to realign ourselves with what God has for us, who God is, and who we are. So if you look at the definition of a discipline in the Merriam-Webster dictionary, it says, training that corrects, molds, or perfects the mental faculties or moral character. Or it also says it's self-control, which is restraint exercised over one's own impulses, emotions, and desires. And so I think these definitions really uh, work well with fasting. If you look at what fasting's purpose is, um, it's about submitting our impulses, our emotions and desires under God in order to have our mental faculties and our moral character and who we are molded and perfected and corrected to line up with his. And I just think that's so incredible. I love how that just kind of succinctly tells us what we're doing when we're fasting. It's really an action. We remove something in order to align ourselves and to put him first and to say, I'm going to do something or not do something to make sure that you have the space and the time to come in and realign me. I'm, I'm putting my focus back on you in a very, um, very uh, decisive way. So let's look at Mark 2, verse 18. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. And people came and said to him, this is Jesus, why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, can the wedding guests fast when the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in that day. And Jesus here is using the imagery of a wedding. 
and the people of God being the bride and Jesus being the bridegroom. And he's explaining that fasting is still important. In this, he's stating that during the time of waiting between his ascension, which is what Jeff was talking about, and the time when he returns to come and get us, to live in eternity with him, this is an important act that we need to continue to do. And so in this time, while we are now living and waiting on Jesus' return and waiting on this completed work of Christ to happen in our own lives, we, and we wait in this space of wrestle, kind of between knowing that we have this sin nature in us and wrestling with the sin nature, but also trusting in this completed work that Christ has done within us, this work of perfecting us and making us holy, that we can't fully see yet in our lives, but we know we know has been completed. Fasting is firmly planning ourselves there in that finished work of Christ, you know, while also praying for the unfinished work that is within us and in the world around us that we see, that brokenness that we see. And so I think we can all see this in our own lives, you know, and in the world around us. We can see this unfinished work. We can see that there's pain and sin. There's death. There's things that bring separation between us and God or others and God. There's areas that need to be aligned with who God is and his ways. And this is what fasting is really about. And Jesus said it is so important for us to fast, to start working on these things and have ourselves be changed. So when should we fast? We should fast when there's pain, uh, when the pain of what is, what we currently see in our own lives or around us, you know, it breaks our hearts. We should fast when we see distance between us and God or others in our lives and God or, you know, even for our city, we can see the brokenness in our city. Let's be fasting for our city or our leaders as they make decisions. And we know that they're trying to do this within a broken, a within brokenness in their own lives. You know, we can fast for those things. We should fast when we see struggle to walk in obedience in our own lives or in other people's lives. And so we are bringing those things under submission to Christ. This is when we should fast. We need to bring those things under submission to Christ. So fasting is not about twisting God's arm about these things. You know, when we're fasting for our city or we're fasting for things in our own lives, it's not us trying to say, God, like, please, please, can you just see us? Can you just hear us? It's not about that at all. You know, it's not begging and pleading. Actually, it's us realigning ourselves with God. It's not trying to turn him towards us. He's already there. You know, he gave his son, and that's an obvious um, an obvious act of like, listen, I'm right here. I'm turned towards you. I'm already here extending everything you need. It's us turning ourselves toward him. It's us realigning ourselves toward him and realigning our hearts toward our father. So David Schrock, he says it in this way in his blog. He says, amazingly, in Christ, we always have what we need for life and godliness. And it says this in 2 Peter 1, verses 3 to 4. Fasting, therefore, is not a practice that calls greater blessing from God. We have every spiritual blessing in Christ. And it says this in Ephesians 1.1. 1, 1. Rather, fasting is a practice of recalibration and reawakening. So the children of God might know what we have and what we need in the Lord. And I think those of us who have fasted before can see that, that when we fast, we can see that as we do so, as we lean in, not just remove something, but lean into God, that we see that we can start to see so much clearer what we need and then so much clearer what God has for us, how great he is, 
how much he is our provider and absolutely meets those needs far greater than we can expect and in a greater way than anything worldly can ever meet it. Pastor Jensen, or Jensen, I think, Franklin, has compiled several different types of fasts that we can see in the scripture. So there's the disciples' fasts when Jesus sent them out uh, and said, like, this is, this is the only way you can see freedom in these, people, in these particular people's lives. For freedom, they said, you have to pray and fast. So it was for freedom from addiction to sin. And that's in Matthew 17, 21. There's the Ezra fast, uh, which he prayed for help with financial troubles and protection. That's in Ezra 8. There's Samuel fast, where he prayed for national revival in 1 Samuel 7, 6. There's Elijah fast, where he fasted for uh, the negative emotional feelings and habits. And that's in 1 Kings 19, 4 to 8. There's the widow's fast, where she, she fasted in order to be able to provide for others. And this is a humanitarian needs uh, in 1 Kings 17, 9 to 16. There's Paul's fast, where he fasted for major life decisions in Acts 9, 9. There's the Daniel fast where he fasted for health and healing in Daniel 1. John the Baptist, he fasted with regards to influencing others in Luke 1, 15. And then Astra, Esther, she fasted with regards to protection from danger for her people in Esther 4, 16 and 5, 2. So what kind of fast is right for us in this season? What are we looking to do as a community, as individuals as well, in a fast this time? Uh, with any type of fast, uh, even all the ones that Pastor Ingrid just mentioned, uh, any fast involving food, it is imperative that you uh, consult a doctor or work through your uh, physical well-being and health and history to know what you are uh, capable of doing in a safe way. Because uh, faith isn't foolish or reckless. Your bottle, body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and you need to treat it well. So as you contemplate and think and pray through potentially what you could fast in this time and how you fast at this, in this season, do so taking into account who you are, how God's made you both uh, emotionally, physically, mentally, so that you can prepare properly for a fast. Now, there's different types of fasts, like uh, Pastor Ingrid said. Some of them, though, if we were to boil it down, uh, rather than make you Google all those different fasts and things like that, think of it th th this way. There's full fasts, where people would only drink liquids, uh, maybe some juices or smoothies, but it's a liquid-only diet. Uh, you can see Jesus does a very hardcore version of this, where he, he is in the desert and he's doing nothing uh, for 40 days. And um, that one, definitely, I would not do without any specific uh, consultation with your doctor and preparation for that. But a full fast where you're only drinking things and you're having no solid foods is uh, one. There's a partial fast that people do, often called a Daniel fast, where you give up a certain type of food or drink item and you fast from like say 6 a.m. to 3 p.m., which would be like your sunrise to your sunset where uh, you, don't, you don't maybe eat during that time and you've given up certain foods like Daniel did um, where he only ate vegetables and, and things like that and gave up meats and uh, wines and drinks and stuff like that. 
Uh, as well, there's a corporate fast. Now, some of those you can do individually, but corporately is when you join with others, uh, other followers of Jesus, for a specific purpose. And on that note, that is what we are going to be doing over the next 21 days, starting today. Through our social medias, our, our online uh, Facebook and Instagram accounts, you'll see targeted corporate prayer focuses for each day during our 21-day fast. And you, that's even downloadable for you if you don't go on social media, or maybe you're choosing to fast social media for the most part and not be on there. You can download the calendar that we have uh, that gives you our daily focus for all 21 days. Now, this doesn't mean that there can't be also a personal uh, focus or motivation for your fast. Now, granted, uh, doing a fast in January can often feel like it is fitting right in with everybody's I need to get fit in the new year uh, type of mentality. And you may have personal goals that you've set aside for yourself. But this fast um, isn't primarily let's shed that Christmas weight that we just put on or our COVID weight that we've put on. This is, that's not exactly what this is for. If you have some of those goals as well that, that are part of your regular life or your lifestyle that you're looking to live in 21, 2021, that's great. But we'd really love to focus as a community on the, the different prayer focuses that we've set aside for the next 21 days. Please include other things in there that you have for your life. Maybe there's needs that you have in your family uh, struggles that you're going through, answers to prayer that you're looking for. These are all things that you can be fasting and praying for and include in there. But as a congregation, as a body of believers, as the body of Christ here in Cornwall, we want to be unified. We want to be as one, unified with God the Father and each other in what we're doing. And so we're inviting you to participate in a, prayer, in a fast together with us. Yes, absolutely. And there's such power in us fasting together and praying together and moving in the same direction. It's absolutely incredible what God does as people come together and work together for the same purpose. And isn't that amazing how we get to do that as the body of Christ? So remember that Jesus, he shifted the meaning of fasting, not the importance. Um, and for Jesus, fasting is directly tied to prayer. You can't, like fasting without prayer it's like Jeff said, it's, you know, it can just be kind of a way to lose weight or become healthy or whatever. But fasting with prayer is about connecting and realigning with God. It arises out of gratitude. It's not from a place of, I have to do this and weight and burden. It's from a place of, I know who my God is and what he's done for me. And I trust him and I'm grateful for what he's done for me. So I absolutely want to be as close to him and as aligned with him as possible. So it's out of this place of gratitude. And it is grounded in faith, trusting absolutely in who God is and what he has done for us and his provision for us. Just like taking a Sabbath, just like uh, giving that 10%. There's this faith in it where we're, we're taking the control out of our hands over our lives. And we're saying, actually, God, you have far more control and more ability than we do. And so for us, fasting opens our eyes and ears to hear Jesus, to see Jesus for who he is, and to see what he's doing and what he can do in our own lives. It produces spiritual resili resiliency. It's like, uh, it's like that running or any of those things. It produces uh, an ability to keep going and to keep uh, persevering. 
Uh, it helps us die to our own selves and our flesh, which I think any of us who have fasted know that this is very much a part of fasting, is setting aside our own desires to see what God wants to do in our lives happen. And it sets us up to step in to the supernatural things of God. You know, um, all of us have the ability to have God work through us in spiritual gifts, in supernatural ways, in different ways for all of us. And it allows him room to be able to start acting within our lives in a supernatural way. And so uh, fasting is absolutely incredible. So this week and this month, we're asking you, uh, right, will you fast with us? Will you pray with us in the direction that we're going? And like Pastor Jeff said, you know, bring in the things that you know in your lives uh, are needed, whether it's family members or for yourself, whether it's things you've been wrestling through. Absolutely bring those things in. But will you partner with us um, as Life Center as a whole, as Life Center Cornwall for our city, um, for our leaders and on you know, in the country as we make decisions for our church leaders. Um, will you partner with us in praying and fasting together? And so this week, our prayer focus is for leaders. So will you pray for our leaders? Will you pray for the pastors of Life Center, the leadership of Life Center, the, the, um, those who are going to be making decisions? Will you pray for the government of our country? You know, you know that there's a lot resting on them. They must be tired. Let's pray for them. Let's come underneath them. Uh, for our schools, as we navigate being closed right now, as we navigate making decisions for the future, as we navigate the tensions of this time, can we pray for our schools, our workplaces, all these different things, they need prayer. We need be, to be praying for them and supporting them and loving them in prayer. So will you fast with us and pray with us? And as I ask that question, you know, maybe you've decided already what it is that you're going to fast as we've been talking about this, but make sure you take it before the Lord in prayer. If you're not sure, ask God. And if you don't feel any specific direction, look at the things that maybe are taking too much priority in your life or things that need to be set aside to give room or make room for God to be able to come into those spaces and uh, the things that distract us, you know, whatever it is, there's, there's always things that I think we know we can lay aside to make more room for God. And, um, so, you know, think about what kind of fast you're going to do. And remember that fasting, again, is not about twisting God's arm at all. It's about just realigning ourselves and setting ourselves up to be in line with his purposes. So uh, it's really about giving something up, giving something that you love up in order to connect better with someone you love even more. You're connecting with him. So... Let's all kind of practice this spiritual discipline together. Let's uh, fix our eyes on Jesus and allow the Holy Spirit to fix our first. Like Pastor Jeff was saying, who's the first one we go to? What's the first uh, person we reach out to in the morning? What's the first thing we do? You know, all these things to realign those things with, with God's way. So let's pray this morning uh, as, we, as we close our service. Father, I thank you so much that you... Uh, that you absolutely love to connect with us, that you are sitting waiting for us, that it's not about us twisting your arm or trying to convince you of something. You actually know all the answers. You have all the healing. You have all the things that we need. You are, are actually waiting for us to come and align ourselves with you. You're waiting for us to come and say, I'll set aside these things that I use to either numb or just are distracting or even just normal things that just maybe need to be set aside for a while in order for you to have more room. God, help us 
to set aside those things, to lean in closer to you so we can hear you and see you, so we can hear and see the directions you're taking us, the things you want to do. God, so you can bring the healing and the wholeness that we're looking for. God, I just pray that you will absolutely lead us as your body in this month, that we'll start to hear themes of the things that you're trying to do, that we'll be listening and hearing what your Holy Spirit is doing. You will crack open the things that seem to be shut, and you will close the things we can't seem to get closed in our lives. God, I thank you that you are a God who works miracles. And God, I thank you, Jesus, that you came and you entered this world and you showed us how to live out spiritual discipline, how to live out reliance and leaning on the Father. That is not from a burden, but is actually from a place of love and trust and reliance. So God, shift us into that place of absolutely trusting you. Even in this season where we have so little control, help us to continue to give up more control so that you can have all the power in our lives, all the authority in our lives. There would be nothing elevated in our lives above you. God, you are so, so good. We trust you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.